0: heights to the depths of the sea
1: and so yehu verse 11 killed all who remained in the house of ahab in jezreel and all his great men and his close acquaintances and his priests until he left none remaining and there is a possibility here in verse 11 that yehu here is where he may have overstepped his bounds because he killed more people here than what god had sanctioned Jesus.
0: Glame like- Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. When the people saw severed heads of 70 descendants of Ahab, they feared that the judgment had gone too far and they would be punished for it. However, Yehu assured them that they had done right and that none had the right to accuse him because he acted at the command of God. Although Yehu acted in obedience to God's request, he may have overstepped his boundary by killing more people than God had told him to. Now let's join Pastor Rob's teaching, Already in Progress.
1: And that's why he sent the prophets to warn them, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And he tells them for years, don't do this, don't do this. And finally, God says, all right, I'm drawing a line in the sand. You're done. You're toast. And I'm bringing in Babylon, and they're going to wipe you all out. They're going to take many of you captive into Babylon for 70 years. But I'm not going to be done with you completely I'm going to chasten you and I'm going to judge you for your sin, but I'm going to bring you back to this land after 70 years and I will speak peaceably to you and I will love you and I will restore you. Are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing? See, God is a God of judgment, but he's a God of grace. So it behooves us then, doesn't it? As we read, as we learn about these things, to... Don't take a light touch with sin in our lives. Deal with it. Crucify it. That's what the Bible says. Crucify these members in our flesh. Fornication, adulteries, you know, backbitings, whisperings, gossiping, all of these things. He says crucify them. And do it, not tomorrow, but do it today. Don't wait until tomorrow. Because you may not have Tomorrow. I don't know about you, but I want to I I put my head on the pillow having prayed at the end of the night and wake up in glory. <laughs> That's the way I would love to go out, you know, like after a Thanksgiving meal. You know, I get all my, I, I pray and I'm like, Lord, thank you and forgive me for all my sins that I've committed today for the two apple pies that I ate and the pumpkin pie with all that whipped cream. Forgive me for that, Lord. And, uh, and then in the middle of the night, having a brain aneurysm or something, and I'm in glory. It's a great way to go. And it's especially great if your team won that day, you know. You know, if you're if Dallas won, you know, on, on Thanksgiving Day, and then you... Anyway, so, but here it is. Check this out. So, Yehu was doing what God had told him. However... He went a little too far. Actually, he went a quite a bit too far, but notice what it says. Just write these references down because of time, and I'm going to read them to you because here is where God uh, spoke and, and, and gave in advance what Yehu was going to do. The first one is in 2 Kings chapter 9, verses 6-10. through 10. So Jehu is commissioned by God to carry out these things by one of the sons of the prophets that Elisha had sent. Remember that? And this was the message that um, Yehu... Uh you know about him it says thus says the lord the god of israel i have anointed you king over the people of the lord over israel so god is speaking to Yehu before he did all this and you shall strike down here's the here's the command the commission you shall strike down the house of ahab your master that i may avenge the blood of my servants the prophets because jezebel killed all of the prophets of the lord killed many of them hundreds of them and God is saying, I didn't forget what she did. And I didn't forget what Ahab did either. And it's going to cost him. It's going to cost him. that I may." And there's the purpose of it. God wasn't doing it just to be mean. No, there was a reason that God was going to strike down the house of Ahab. It was that he might avenge the blood of his servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off from Ahab all the males in Israel, both bond and free. So I shall make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Baasha, the son of Ahijah. The dog shall eat Jezebel on the plot of ground at Jezreel. We saw that last week that finally did come to pass. And there shall be none to bury her. And then we're going to see that Ahaziah's execution wasn't something that God specifically told him to do. We're going to see, you know, we saw that last week. He was killed. He wasn't supposed to be the one uh, to be killed. God said to take away um, uh, Ahab's uh, family. But there's a twist here because um, it could be argued that because Ahaziah shared the bloodline of Ahab, that that was the reason that Yehu killed him. Because remember, Ahaziah was the son of Jehoram and Athaliah. Jehoram was the king of Judah, and his wife, Athaliah, was the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. So now, because of the union between Jehoram and Athaliah of the line of, of Ahab, Ahaziah was the king. And so perhaps that is why he killed him. But it may have been stretching what was prophesied or commissioned by God. But God will commend him later on in this chapter. We'll see it in verse 30. He will commend him for doing what God had told him to do. And this is amazing to me because God commends him for the things that he did that was justified but still held him accountable for the other evil things that he did. The things that God didn't tell him to do, he holds him accountable for that. And isn't that funny? You you know, in America, and people, you know, oh, you did a great job. We don't want to talk about the bad things. But, you know, you did a great job in this other thing. God's like, no, you did a good job here, but you really blew it here. (laughs) And I love the brutal honesty of of God. He's honest because he loves. And love doesn't lie. He he can't lie. He's not going to lie to us. So, Yehu started off on this good foot. Somewhat, but then caved into corruption. And unfortunately, that is common with, uh, to many men in leadership. And, and, and even in the church and outside of the church, they start well, but they, many of them don't end well. David got into trouble in his reign, and certainly Solomon did too. But notice, verse 8, Then a messenger came and told him, saying, They have brought the heads of the king's sons, and he said, Lay them in two heaps at the entrance of the gate, and, and that's the gate at Jezreel, of course, until morning. And so it was in the morning. That they went out and stood and said to all the people, You are righteous. Indeed, I conspired against my master and killed him. And he's speaking of Joram, because he killed Joram, the king of Israel. But who killed all these? And so now Yehu is feigning like, who killed all these people? So he's playing a game and he's baiting these people in Jezreel. And he's using it and, to give him the justification to find out who killed them and then kill the ones that he asked to kill. (laughs) He's going to kill the people, the men that he asked to kill, the 70 sons. So it's a very deceptive way of of doing it. And yet, he did fulfill what God had asked him to do. So he was deceptive. He didn't disclose that he had ordered them to be killed. And then he further gratified himself with the people by claiming that they had all fulfilled the word of the Lord by Elijah because, you know... um, because Yehu killed um, Yehu killing Joram and Ahaziah, the sons of uh, and the descendants of Ahab. And then Ahab's leaders killing the 70 descendants of Ahab. And he says, verse 10, now know now that nothing shall fall to the earth of the word of the Lord, which the Lord spoke concerning the house of Ahab. For the Lord has done what he spoke by his servant Elijah. So now he's playing like some kind of pious man. And ingratiating himself by, oh, we did the word, we did, the, we did God's will in this. So there were two things that God had spoken to Elijah. Remember in 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning in verse 15. When Elijah was at Mount Horeb, when he had fled from Jezebel, it says, Then the Lord said to him, Go return on the way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, do these three things. Anoint Hazael as king over Syria. Also you shall anoint Jehu the son of Nimshai, as king over Israel. By the way, Nimshai, his name means um, uh, weasel. Isn't that fun? And uh, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Mahola shall you anoint as prophet in your place. And it shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazael, Yehu will kill. And whoever escapes the the sword of Yehu, Elisha will kill. Now why did God want these people killed? Because they were idol worshippers. And the more that the the sin continued, the more it spread like a cancer. And so the only way to get rid of a cancer is to cut it out. And God was very serious about it because it was destroying his people. Write this reference down, First Kings chapter 21, verse 19. And it says, and this is when God condemns Ahab by Elijah the prophet. And this is what was spoken. You shall speak to him, God speaking to Elijah, saying, Thus says the Lord, Have you murdered and also taken possession? And you shall speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord, in the place where dogs lick the blood of Naboth, dogs shall lick your blood, even yours. And so Ahab said to Elijah, Have you found me, O my enemy? And he said, I have found you, because you have sold yourself to do evil in the sight of the Lord. Behold, I will bring calamity on you. And this is God using Elijah to bring this condemnation on Ahab. And look what he tells him him in advance what he's going to do. He says, I will take away your posterity, and will cut off from Ahab every male in Israel, both bond and free. I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebad, and like the house of Baasha, because of the provocation with which you provoked me to anger and made Israel sin. And concerning Jezebel, the Lord also spoke, saying, The dog shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. And isn't it interesting that God can use a man like Yehu, whose propensity is to do evil, He uses them to fulfill God's judgment upon another evil person. God can use an evil man or an evil nation to be the hammer of judgment on another person or uh, another nation. And we we see it here. I mean, God used Babylon, he used Assyria, an ungodly, idol-worshiping nation, to come against his own people and take the northern tribes in captivity in 722 B.C. And then when Judah and Benjamin didn't learn the lesson from their sisters up north, God allowed in 586, or in 606, actually, to come and take them captive. These ungodly nations come as a hammer against his own people. And then God would ultimately judge those nations because those kings acted of their own volition. And this is the mystery of the will of God. And this is the mystery of the will of man. You know, here God tells him specifically what to do. But he didn't tell Nebuchadnezzar, uh, in, in in a sense, personally, you know, this is what you need to do. Of his own volition, of his own hatred for the people of God, he did those things. And the same thing with Assyria. They came against them. But God would ultimately judge them as well. It's, it's, a, it's a bitter thing to, to see and to understand. But you see it in the word of God. And so Yehu, verse 11, killed all who remained in the house of Ahab in Jezreel and all his great men and his close acquaintances and his priests until he left none remaining. And there is a possibility here in verse 11 that Yehu, here is where he may have overstepped his bounds because he killed more people here than what God had sanctioned. And we believe that because of a... Uh, something that is in Hosea chapter 1, verse 4. You might want to write this reference off to the side of chapter, or verse 11 here because God, speaking through the prophet Hosea, said this. Because remember, God says, these are the things I want you to do, but Je- Yehu did even more. He-, he killed even more people when God didn't want him to kill those people. And we know this because what, is, what it says in Hosea chapter 1, verse 4. And this was when God spoke to Hosea, the prophet, concerning the name of his firstborn son. And this is what he says. Then the Lord said to him, call his name, your firstborn son, Hosea, call his name Jezreel. For in a little while, I will avenge the bloodshed of Jezreel on the house of Yehu and bring an end to the kingdom of the house of Israel. So God ultimately held him accountable and will hold the nation and his line accountable for what he did. He did what God told him to do, but he added a little bit more and a little bit more. And again, it's a dangerous thing to do. Just simply do what God says for us to do. You know, that's always a good thing to do. Wouldn't you agree? Just to do what God wants us to do. Now, thank God he doesn't call us today to go out and, you know, that this was a different time and, and, and these were his people, that he was going to use this people group to bring the scriptures through them. And ultimately through this people that he wanted to set apart from all the nations, all the peoples in the world, he wanted to set them apart because guess what? From that line, from that people group would come the savior of the world. And so he's going, I want these people to be unique. I want them to be holy. I want them to be separate from the world. And do you think that Satan knew the prophecies that we have talked about, about Jesus coming through the line of David and through the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and and down to Judah, and then through David, and then finally to Jesus Christ? Do you think he knew all that? Oh, yeah. Satan knows the Bible better than you and I, folks. He knows the Bible. And as soon as Israel became a nation, he attacked it because he wanted to thwart the plan of God, or at least thought he could thwart the plan of God. But guess what? You're not thwarting the plan of God. You can't play chess with God and win. (laughs) It is impossible. I've said this before because I'm a chess player. I love to play chess, but to have somebody sit down with me and say I've already won, and I'm like you haven't even moved a piece yet. Well, go ahead and you'll find out that I'm winning, and I'll win in a very just a few moves. And I'm not even going to do the queen's gambit. You know the thing that everybody. I'm not even going to do that. I'm going to do something different. You're not. Just go ahead and try. Try me. You're already finished. It's unfair. Don't try to play chess with God. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows my thoughts. So you're gonna move the knight to, to uh, L4. Huh? You're gonna move your bishop to C6. <laughs> I saw it coming. You know, checkmate. But notice now in verse 12. So he he continues on and. And he arose, Yehu, and he departed, and he went now to Samaria. So he's left Jezreel, he's going down now to Samaria. And on the way at Beth-Akid of the shepherds, Yehu met with the brothers of Ahaziah, king of Judah. Now, at this time, we don't believe that his these, these 42 men that we're going to encounter here, we don't believe they had any idea of what had just happened. This happened very quickly. They didn't have uh, text messaging and all that. News traveled slowly, and so um, these men didn't know what what had just happened, the coup that he did, and how he killed, uh, you know, the Jezebel. And so they're, they're not really aware of what Yehu is up to. So he Yehu met the brothers of Ahaziah, king of Judah, and he said to them, Who are you? And they answered, We are the brothers of Ahaziah. We've come down to greet the sons of the king and the sons of the queen mother, speaking of Jezebel. But guess what? Jezebel was already dead. They just didn't even know it. And by the way, Ahaziah was dead, and they probably didn't know that either. Had they known that, they probably would have fled. They had no idea. They were caught unawares. And so, what does Yehu say, verse 14? Take them alive. Take them alive. And so they took them, and notice, they killed them at the well of Beth Akid, 42 men, and he left none of them. He left none of them. And again, it's debatable on whether these men were ones that God wanted to exterminate. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer, but I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. But Yehu at this point is just a killing machine. Anybody who is even remotely um, related or has some kind of friendship, or he was just killing people. So now, verse 15, when he departed from there, he met Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, coming to meet him. And he greeted him and said to him, Is your heart right as my heart is going toward Is toward your heart? And Jehonadab said, It is. And Yehu said, If it is, give me your hand. And so he took him by his hand, and he took him up into his chariot. And then he said, Come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. Notice that. Yehu is already bragging about his exploits, that he has done, and doing it in the name of God. And and little does he know at this point, he's already overstepped his bounds because he's killing all these people. Certainly he's done the right thing, but he's also done these other things. But now, come and see my zeal for the Lord. And when he came to Samaria, notice, and certainly Jehonadab is with him, he killed all who remained in, to Ahab in Samaria till he had destroyed them according to the word of the Lord which he spoke to Elijah. Again, he was supposed to do certain things and he did those things, but he did some other things that he shouldn't have done. He wasn't completely obedient. So, verse 18, Then Yehu gathered all the people together and he said to them, Ahab served Baal a little, but Yehu will serve him much. So, when you look at this, immediately... Um, uh, this is trickery on Yehu's part because uh, the people uh, believed him and they didn't understand his plot and what he was doing. And they, uh, he must have had uh, been a convincing actor because he was killing and ridding Israel of those who committed Baal worship. So why are you now, you know, you've killed the people who are, committing Baal worship, but now you're saying you're going to worship Baal? It seems like a kind of, they didn't know that yet. All these things were happening in a very quick succession. And by the time he had killed all these people, all that knowledge wasn't out yet. Do you follow me? And so that's how he was able to do this. And so, again, he must have been a convincing actor um, because now he's going to kill the people that he, or he's going to worship the God of the people that he had just killed. So it doesn't make sense. So the only way that he could have pulled this off was either, number one, as I said, the news didn't travel quick enough so that the people realized what he was really up to. He was a great actor, number two. Maybe thirdly, all the kings of the north, they were wicked, and so worshiping false gods was something they were very accustomed to, so why not Yehu? He's... Everybody's been worshiping Baal, so you're no different, right? So, or the Lord could have caused them to be blind to his real motives. All of those things could be true all at the same time. So verse 19, now therefore, so this is what he does. He, he, he says, therefore, call to me all the prophets of Baal, all his servants. And, and, and this was a very uh, deceptive trick to get them on. And, and did he accomplish what God had told him to do? Yes, he did. He did. Call to me all the prophets of Baal, all his servants, all his priests. Let no one be missing, for I have a great sacrifice for Baal. And he's you know, lying through his teeth here. Whoever is missing shall not live. In other words, make sure everybody comes. I want this place, this this temple of Baal, I want it to be filled with worshipers. We're going to have a great time tonight. We're going to have a big sacrifice. It's going to be a big deal. Everyone must come. If you're a Baal worshiper and you're not here, we're going to put you to death. (laughs) That's basically what he's saying. But Yehu acted deceptively with the intent of destroying the worshipers of Baal. And Yehu said, Proclaim a solemn assembly for Baal. So they proclaimed it. And then Yehu sent throughout all Israel and all the worshipers of Baal came so that there was not a man left who did not come. And so they came into the temple of Baal and the temple of Baal was full from one end to the other. And he said to the one in charge of the wardrobe, Bring out the vestments for all the worshipers of Baal. And so he brought out vestments for them. And then Yehu and Jehonah the son of Rechab, went into the temple of Baal and said to the worshippers of Baal, search and see that no servants of Jehovah are here with you, but only the worshippers of Baal. I want this to be a moment that we'll never forget. <laughs> and it was going to be a moment they would never forget.
0: That's the end of our lesson for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Second Kings.